Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the spreadsheet deep dive in today's episode. What's this? What's this? It's super califragilistic, expialidocious. What is this? A whole new world. What is this? A long time ago, uh, when I first started to do the podcast, when I first started doing statistics episodes, uh, I would record them as I entered the information into my spreadsheet. Uh, I don't do that anymore uh, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, there's a lot of it's a lot of background noise, like hearing me typing. You know, I can't block that out as well as I'd like to, so that can get distracting. Uh, it forces the episode to be slower, and it shouldn't need to be. I just it, it stretches things out longer because it takes me longer to like also talk about things while going through it. Uh, and the other reason is that, you know, sometimes putting in the information can take a long time. You know, if I have to, you know, really research various data points. And in the time since I started doing this podcast, you know, I've added even more additional pieces of detail that I look for when I put in movie information. So that has only, you know, increased the amount of time it takes me to do this, which would have only increased how long those episodes would be. So, all that being said, today's episode, which I've t- mentioned before, is going to be very similar to that old style, except I'm actually going to be explaining in great detail what I'm physically doing with the spreadsheet. So, it's not simply, uh, you know, this actor's ranking moves from X number to Y number. It's going to be, okay, I go to this cell, I do this thing. And we're trying to make it as layman-friendly as possible. So, you know, if you are not familiar with Excel, it shouldn't be too hard to wrap your mind around things. Uh, we'll see, like, I, I, you know, again, this isn't pre-written or anything like that, so I'm not sure precisely how uh, in, in intimate and and detailed things are going to get, but uh, we'll just kind of tackle that as we can, and I might have to explain some stuff as we go along, but we'll see. So, uh, I'm going to basically be putting in the uh, information for a movie and kind of explaining the process as I go about doing that, and today's movie is Daphne, um, and uh, let's just get started, and it's more than just the spreadsheet. I'll do all the other sort of peripheral information as well. So first things first, I finished watching the movie. Uh, My immediate uh, reaction is to look at exactly how long the movie was to the beginning of the credits. So in this instance, uh, Daphne ended up being 85 minutes from start to credits. Second thing is I go on Letterboxd and review the movie. Uh, I usually review the movie on Letterboxd before I put it on my spreadsheet because it's easier for me, you know, when I'm reviewing this movie, I have to pick a rating out of five stars, and it's a lot easier to do that than it is to pick a rating out of 100, so this helps make it easier for me later on when I have to pick a score, 
and rate the movie ultimately. So, you know, for Daphne, um, I'll read the review here real quick. Uh, Emily Beecham is a star, and Daphne is a well-realized film that deals with relationships in a grounded and anti-Hollywood way. Some of the characters and plot lines around the principal ones are considerably weaker, but it's a fun film. Uh, Seen December 13th, 2017, rating three stars. So, positively rated by me, uh, with two and a half stars being the being an average movie, three stars, uh, slightly better than average, mostly on the back of Emily Beecham. So, uh, from Letterboxd, uh, now that I have my range of ratings, I go back to the spreadsheet, uh, I put in the date in which the movie was seen, so uh, I've seen it once now, in the month of December, on the 13th, the year of 2017, I now add the year it's released, which is strictly following what Letterboxd displays, so 2017. And then the next thing I do is go to the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie. And it will load. And I will add this to the spreadsheet as well. And currently, Daphne has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So not a lot of reviews yet, but we're putting it in. Uh, So this is, the question becomes, you know, will I remember to kind of look back at this movie in like a month's time or so to see if it still has a 100%? Maybe, maybe not. Um, But we'll, you know, because I assume that that 100% won't stay as it is as more and more people see the movie. But for now, it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's where it's going to land. So, like I mentioned, it's a three-star film for me, which means its rating is going to be between 60 and 69. And generally what I will do is, since this is a 2017 film, I have already have all my movies sorted uh, by overall rating, uh, and then again by year. Uh, with tiebreakers sorted as well. So when I go to the top of the spreadsheet, it lists all the 2017 films from best to worst, according to my ratings right now. And I will scroll down to the range of movies rated between 60 and 69, and this will kind of help me get a better grasp on whether or not it's better than this movie or that movie. So, you know, my initial impressions are that Daphne is going to be in the bottom half of the 60 range, so looking at some of the other movies in that range for myself right now, uh, you have Gifted, which sits at a 63. Uh, I say that's fairly similar uh, overall. Uh, you can look at Mayhem, uh, which I watched recently. That's a 62. Uh, again, we're kind of in that, still in that same range. Uh, if we keep going down a little further to 61, we have Patty Cakes, uh, The Little Hours, and I think, I think Daphne's a little bit better than that. So we're going to go back up here. Some other 62 films. Uh, Beatrice at Dinner, I think, is a good one, a good com- uh, comparison. Back up to 63, we have Captain Underpants, the first epic movie, uh, as well as The Disaster Artist. And I think that's a little high. So, so this gets me back into the point of 62. That's kind of the number I'm looking at right now. Just to make sure, uh, I'll go a couple extra points in either direction to see how that react, how I react to those things. So if we jump up to 66. You get, you get. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Brawl and Cell Block 99. I think that's fine. I think those are both a couple steps higher. 
than Daphne. Or if we even jump down into the high 50s, uh, like 58, for example, you have my cousin Rachel, Brad's status, which I think are both a step below. So that puts us at 62, and that is the rating for Daphne. Now, that is not the only way I will uh, try to gauge what a movie should be rated. Uh, there are circumstances where very prolific directors on my spreadsheet, like a Spielberg or a Nolan or the Coen brothers, I will go to the director and see, you know, what has this director also done? You know, if it's uh, like for Dunkirk, when I was doing Dunkirk, I'm like, all right, I know this is a really great film, but where does it kind of fall in Nolan's uh, filmography? You know, is it you know, and, you know, I'm looking at sort of the middle of his greatest films, you know, Insomnia, Inception, Batman Begins, Memento, and trying to slot it in. This does not apply to Daphne, but it can apply to other films uh, like Hitchcock, Scorsese, Tim Burton, <clears throat> Richard Linklater, uh, some of the more prolific directors, this applies to them. So now we have our rating, and before we leave the films page on the spreadsheet, we have to add a summary and I will generally use the IMDb synopsis to draw my summary from if I can't think of an easy one off the top of my head. Uh, so, so IMDb's summary says, Daphne is the vibrant character portrait of a young woman on the threshold of a much-needed change. And that's kind of, I don't know, that's not like really descriptive of what happens. So uh, my sort of adjustment there would be, a young woman is uh, negotiates mm, modern life and relationships. So that's kind of a slightly adjusted version. And then before I move on to anything else, I just want to make sure I put an A in the columns that indicate I'm going to fill in the director and writing credits for this film so that I don't feel like I missed them when I go back through. So let me move on to the director's page. And most of this information, so directors and writers, I only use uh, IMDb to determine those. Whereas actors, I will start with Letterboxd and then move into IMDb if I feel the need. Uh, the director of Daphne is Peter Mackey Burns. So I will search to see if I've seen a movie of his before. That sound means I haven't. I'm going to turn that off because that's going to be annoying. So Peter Mackey Burns. I type his name in, uh, and then I add his average film rating is currently 62. So I you know, do a formula for the average rating, and the only value it currently has is 62. I go through the row to the right, making checking off that this is a movie rated in the 60s that it hasn't been nominated for an Academy Award. And then this, this, uh, the page automatically creates a score uh, for me. And then I put in the name of the movie, Daphne, and I format it to fit the rating and genres of the movie as qualified. So it is in English and it is not an animated movie, so it doesn't have to be worry about any of those things, but it isn't but it is rated between 60 and 69, which means it becomes italicized and there's a particular um, style of, of formatting that I can click on that does that for me. I choose not to like just control I the cell because if 
because this has happened to me in the past, but if I choose at a later point to adjust how I display a movie rated between 60 and 69, I can just change that style, and it generally applies that to all the ones that have that style applied to them. So it's it makes it a lot easier for me down the line. The last thing for the director, um, I look up to see where he was born, because that's something I track now. And he was born in Scotland, UK. So I put in UK and we're done. Moving on to writers. Uh, the writer for Daphne is Nico Mencinga. Singna? Mencinga? Nico Mencinga. Who I, also, I doubt I've seen anything from. Nope. First film. So again, I will go down. I will type in the name. Mencinga. I will add the average film rating of 62 check off the box for movies rated in the 60s, no Oscar nominations, type in the name of the film, format it as a film rated between 60 and 69. Uh, and then, now this person's IMDb page does not indicate to me where they were born, so in that case, I'll just Google their name and hope to find uh, the person, but they don't appear as like a wiki page which happens more often than I like but I can't really do anything about that so uh, I just if I can't figure it out and I don't have a reasonable guess I will just leave it blank or I will put in not applicable so uh, that moves us on to actors now as you may have guessed, Daphne being sort of an indie movie uh, with its lead star as Emily Beecham, who you may not even recognize her name, there aren't a lot of prevalent actors in this movie that are going to make a big wave on the spreadsheet. But if you look at their letterbox page, there's about, I don't know, 30 people listed as being in this movie. And so I will just open a tab for each one of them and go through and see if I've seen multiple movies from this person uh, and uh, just make it easier for me to eliminate them. So uh, Emily Beecham being the main character and being someone I think is really good in this movie, uh, this is the third film of hers I've seen according to Letterboxd, the others being 28 Weeks Later and Hail Caesar. She is currently not on the spreadsheet, so I will add her at this time. Three movies is generally the low limit for someone that I think uh, can move on to bigger and better things. I also, in this instance, will take a look at some of the other movies they've been in to see if these are movies I've heard of or on my radar in any sense. It doesn't seem to be the case here. Uh, I think the only one I recognize is Tess of the D'Urbervilles, starring Gemma Arterton, and that's not really a super popular movie. But Hail Caesar, 28 Weeks Later, are definitely big-named movies. So I type in her name, separating it first and last. I format those her name to represent that she's female, and then I change, I manually adjust the number of females that are currently represented on the spreadsheet, uh, which is not accurate. So do that. Then I will go to, I'll use the I use the genre page because it's the closest one to to recall the ratings of the other films she was been she's been in. Hail Caesar has a 23, while 28 weeks later has an 84. 
So I will change her average film rating and say that it's the average of 84, 62, and 23, which gives her an average film rating of 56.33. I'll check off that it's one movie right in the 80s, one in the 60s, and one between 0 and 24. And then to the right uh, of, in this row, I will type out the names of each movie from best to worst. So 28 weeks later, Daphne, Hail, comma, Caesar, exclamation point. Uh, formatting each of these movies as they should be. So Hail Caesar is formatted differently from Daphne, which is differently from 28 weeks later. With that done, uh, the next part is addressing some of the m more unnecessary, I guess, details about Emily Beecham, uh, which if you're on Letterboxd and you look at the bio, uh, for the actor, actress, director, whoever it is. Uh, it shows that it gets all of its details from the movie database, which is a place that I edit personally when I find information that's not congruent across IMDb and Letterboxd. And if you go there, on the left side, it has personal info, uh, including birthday and place of birth, which are two pieces of information I keep track of. And so country, UK, for Emily Beecham, and place of birthday, this only lists 1984, so it doesn't have a date, uh, month or day. So then I'll just Google her and see if I can find it. If not, I'll just leave those places uh, blank. Her Google, Google result turns out May, so that's half of the battle. And this helps me do the top 10 actors uh, for each month as best I can. Uh, but it doesn't have a day of the month, so we'll leave that with an N-A. And then she's still alive, so I don't have to do anything else beyond that. So then moving through the rest of the actors who are listed on IMD, or on Letterboxd, uh, Tom Von Lawler, not worth it. Nathaniel Martello-White, doesn't make the cut. Ritu Arya. Now Karina Fernandez has six credits. That's a lot of credits. Uh... So I'll see, first I'll see if she's even on the spreadsheet already, and she's not. And so, because there's six movies that I have to find the data for, my options are to either do it now, which, and you know, I generally, depends on like how many films the person's been in, which makes that decision, or I just bookmark it and add it to a folder of people that are in a substantial amount of movies that I just go back to when I find the time. Uh, and so I'm going to do that this time, simply for sake of uh, expediency for this episode. But that will happen at a later point. Uh, the next person is uh, Shanid, I don't know how to pronounce that, Matthews, who also has six credits and also isn't on the spreadsheet. So I'll add her to that folder as well. Uh, Raghavan Vasan. No, Osai Ikhail, again, six credits, that's good enough. Mm, nope, Stuart Macquarie has five. Don't think that's good enough though. He's not on the spreadsheet yet. Looking at some of these other movies. Mm, he has 16 credits listed on Letterboxd, so that's a substantial number. And then the only other person that I'm aware of, or the only person 
period that I'm aware of who's actually already on the spreadsheet is Geraldine James. Is it James? Yes. And so I will search through the spreadsheet to find her. And there she is uh, with 12 film credits already. This is the 13th. So I don't have to add anything. I simply go into the list of uh, ratings for all the previous movies and put 62 in between uh, the next highest and next lowest number. So this tells me that this is her fourth film rated in the 60s and it will be her third best film rated in the 60s. So I'll add, I'll uptick her number of 60 rated films to four. Her best film rated in the 60s is Sherlock Holmes followed by The Man Who Knew Too Little. And then in between that and 45 years, I'll insert a new cell which will occupy Daphne. And then scrolling to the left, she is someone who doesn't yet have a uh, country of origin. And she is English, which means that country of origin is the UK. Uh, so then I'll just kind of flip through the rest of the people and keeping track. What do we got here? I don't know you. And then I'll do the last couple of people on this list as well, just for posterity. It shouldn't take too long because most of these people towards the end of the list are just like, you look at their page and it's like, you've seen one of one, one of one, one of two, two of two, two of three, two of four. And like, those are just, for the most part, those are names that I just completely ignore unless like it's a name I recognize. So then looking at the overall cast list on Letterboxd, it's pretty inclusive and comprehensive. So I don't feel like IMDb is gonna give me any people I didn't already sift through. And I don't remember seeing anybody in the movie that I that stuck out to me as someone that I recognized from anything else. So with that done, I don't really need to refer to the Letterboxd page again, so I can close that now and focus on IMDb. After actors, we move on to genre. So I will add Daphne as the genre, the rating, the year 2017, and then IMDb lists the genres as comedy and drama. So I will go down the line and put a one under those categories until I get to the end. Then Bechtel test uh, passes with a three pretty easily. You know, the main two characters are female. They don't always talk about men. So that one's not too difficult. Uh, I try to do my best to keep an eye on that as I'm watching a movie. Sometimes I, I don't think about it as often or as much as I should. But for the most part, it, it comes it comes back to me like when I'm just looking through the cast list. And like, right, how many of the main characters are female? How many times do they share a scene together? Do they ever talk about non-men stuff? Cool. Uh, then rating is listed on IMDb as none, not rated, so NR. It's not listed in the IMDb top 250, and it doesn't make my own top 300. We move on to Academy Awards, and even though this film probably won't ever contend for an Academy Award. It still gets added to the spreadsheet because it just has to. That's just how it works. I don't know. Uh, I guess they don't have to, but, uh, you know, that's potentially a decision to make at a later point. So 
put it I put the name in the spreadsheet on Academy Awards page followed by the rating in the year and then fill in the nominations and Oscar cells with predetermined formulas that tell me that hasn't been nominated hasn't won anything in the best pictures page uh, I go to the year is it better than the best film I've seen previously no uh, is it and since it's not animated it's not a documentary and it's not a foreign language film it doesn't contend in any of those categories the last place to look is the circle of film awards so i think so like i look at the film and i say all right so this is not a great film but a good film and its strongest aspect is the female lead role so that's the category i go to first and i'm like all right so currently nominated for this currently on my website you can see the five names nominated at the moment uh, but those include names like Jennifer Lawrence for Mother, uh, Frances McDormand, Three Billboards, Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird, uh, a long name I can't think of off the top of my head for Bad Genius, and a foreign name I don't remember from Thelma. And on my spreadsheet, those are ranked, so like I currently know who would win if the race was over today. And so my first impression is go to who's ranked number five, and do I think that Emily Beecham give a better performance than that person? And in this instance, I don't think so. I, I think she's good, but she's not that good. And there really isn't any other category in which the film contends. So that puts that to rest. And so that's it. Like, that's generally what you have to do. You know, it's not super intricate. It's not super difficult. Uh, the biggest issues with maintaining the spreadsheet are coming up with how best to display the data and uh, now obviously Thel or almost obviously Daphne is far less detailed than you know something like Thor Ragnarok than Star Wars the Last Jedi is going to be because that's going to hit dozens and dozens of big names that are going to be in it uh, it's going to include you know it's part of multiple different series slash worlds so that's another aspect of putting data in that like Daphne just doesn't affect it very well could make an impact on the Circle of Film Awards, particularly in the tech categories, tactical special effects. Uh, it, so, like, that's another thing I'll have to keep an eye on when that happens. Uh, potentially even, like, scene or something like that. So that's to be determined. And that's kind of it. So the only other thing that I worry about and think about when I watch this is... Uh, whether or not the film is uh, one of the films that I needed to watch for my versus spreadsheet. So if you've listened to the, uh, the episode on Zach versus James, Cinerealist host, and their top 300s, uh, any of the films that I watched that were included in those lists are part of a different spreadsheet based on films and based on my ratings of films, but structured by the top lists of James, Zach, uh, listener Moran and Kyle, who I've mentioned in the past. And while I've seen every film on both James' list and Zach's list, Kyle and Moran's lists are incomplete. And I am in the process of watching all those films. Now, generally, a newer movie won't show up in any of these lists because, you know, your best of the best very rarely has, you know, the most recent films on it. Some you know, a couple of them sneak in here or there, but it's 
the further back you go, the more time you've had to reflect on a film and the easier it is to determine if it should be part of your list or not. And so one of the pages on this particular spreadsheet lists all the movies that I haven't seen from any of the lists that are currently being used. And if I wasn't certain that Daphne wasn't on this list, I would search for this movie, see if it shows up, and then go through all the pages and adjust the ratings and, and the matchups and therefore, and so on. So again, like Daphne, you know, I was able to go through that movie with you guys in like 20 minutes. Uh, when I'm doing it by myself, it obviously goes much quicker. But a movie like an um, MCU movie, Star Wars, or just something with a huge cast, uh, something that has that is going to have an impact on the Circle of Film Awards or Best Picture stuff, like those just incremental things that add up over time. Uh, as well, uh, anything old that kind of, you know, old movies, I really have to dig through IMDb and see if the right people are being credited on Letterboxd because I like using Letterboxd as my primary source for actors, but they are incomplete because they can't use IMDb. It's expensive. So I try to alleviate some of those issues by checking the web page on IMDb, uh, any pertinent information. So for example, uh, I think I've mentioned this in the past, but someone like Sherry Lynn, who is currently the highest rated actor on my spreadsheet, is primarily just a voice actor and before had like a dozen credits on Letterboxd and I'd seen all of them. But from my own research on her website, on IMDb and, and Wikipedia, I knew that she had like 40 to 50 credits that I'd seen and a couple more I haven't. So I went on the movie database and I found all the movies that she was really in and I put credit, gave her credit for those. So now when you go on Letterboxd, and search for Sherry Lynn, she has 45 film credits on Letterboxd, and I've seen 42 of them, which is, again, still inaccurate, but much less inaccurate, because the movie database's rules are different for foreign language films that are dubbed over, particularly animated ones, so I can't give her the credits she needs to have for those movies. But for the most part, I've greatly increased her representation on the spreadsheet. So I do that a lot with older films for people like Best Flowers, um, for people uh, looking here down the list of long, old, like Arthur Tovey, Colin Kenny, Ward Bond, Frank McClure, um, Burt Morehouse, Edwin Maxwell, just older names, people who weren't really prime principal or supporting actors who were maybe have one line, maybe had no lines in the in movies, but are there and, and deserve the recognition and credit. And so I try to fix those instances as often as I can. And I mean, that's generally it, you know, it's not super difficult. And it's not that time consuming if you're willing to do put put it put in the effort because as much time as I've spent putting in data into this thing, the reward and like being able to look at all this data I have now at the access of like three clicks to like sort by a particular stat or whatever is totally worth the effort. It's incredibly rewarding. And to that fact, like 
Uh, you heard Friday's episode, which was the 2015 Circle of Film Awards, which I just happened to have found lying around. You know, like that in and of itself was its own process because, you know, I start with these are the five films that are nominated for Best Picture, the top five films from that year. And then what else would they be nominated for? And then I just kind of go down the list like, all right, this film, what categories would it contend in? And, you know, if you follow my Twitter, you know that I've been doing this for 2013 right now. And I'm whittling, wait, I'm whittling the nominations down. Uh, it's almost finished as far as the current setup, uh, but that still leaves a couple, uh, there's like a ha few dozen films I want to watch from 2013 that have escaped me so far, which sounds ludicrous because I've seen 321 films released in 2013, which is the highest most prolific year of films I've seen and that's uh so like I shouldn't need to watch anything else but I'll try to watch more because I do still have to do um the 2014 episode first anyway and uh, I'm just putting the finishing touches on that category as well the only one the only category I've left to just is the scene category uh, from 2014 so that is in the pipeline as well. I don't want to put Circle of Film Award episodes too close together, so uh, I might just kind of wait for 2014's episode until a few months after I am able to put out 2017, and uh, we'll go from there. But that's, you know, that's the spreadsheet. Like, you know, I don't want to get too into the, the formulas. Uh, if you want to learn more about the formulas and understand that kind of stuff, head over to the website, circleoffilm.com, and click on About and Spreadsheet. And that whole page gives you a much more detailed outline of the things I've been talking about, but it doesn't... Like, the difference is, like, right now, I'm explaining, you know, the process I go through putting in details for a movie. What the page on the website does is explain how the data is broken down, how I format the cells based on various data, um, what each rating is formatted in, so you can visualize and see that in real, like, real, see it really. And then it goes through each page and, like, explains how much information you can find on that page. And then if that's at all confusing, feel free to look at the visual aids segment on the uh, about high, hover over spreadsheet and then click on visual aids and it'll show you a snapshot image from the ninth of this month on every single page of the film spreadsheet and detailed information about all those movies so you can get a better idea of what I mean when I'm talking about things and how things look and what they're presented as on the spreadsheet um, as well as a ton of data that like just looking at these pages alone there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of elements of data on them and they're just a fraction of the amount of information that's available so that's where we are at with that and uh that's about it i, I want to thank you for listening um as far as patreon so i got an email from patreon saying that they were not going to roll out the changes that they said they were going to do so for the time being i'm going to stick with patreon Patreon. Uh, they did kind of hint at they were going to try to find a different way to solve the problems they're working on. 
So we'll see what their next solution might be. But suffice to say, they will not be charging you more going forward as of the moment. So I'm sticking with that for now. I haven't found anything of like a much better alternative. So I don't really have the option to leave it at the moment. So if you are interested in supporting the show in any way, shape, or form, uh, please feel free to check out the Patreon, see what kind of rewards and goals there are over there, and if any of that interests you. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, uh, you can send me an email, circleoffilm at gmail.com. We are always looking for new top lists from any and everybody to add to the Versus spreadsheet if you are so inclined, uh, as well as questions, concerns, answers, uh, comments of any nature and those can also be directed to at circle of film on twitter where if you follow me there you can get updates every time i'm watching a new movie so you can get an idea of like what i'm watching always uh, as well as updates on when I, me on recording when episodes come out when i put a new page up on the spreadsheet when i update a page on the spreadsheet um and various other film information and personal information about myself and my interests and leanings and thoughts uh and uh that's uh that's it is that it yeah that's it so and the website uh i guess the website circleoffilm.com i kind of already talked about it but it has more than just information about the spreadsheet you can go there see the circle of film awards information uh and and all the episodes are there statistics, scavenger hunt, reviews, month-born actors, all that stuff. So check that out. A lot of good stuff. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it wholeheartedly. I do. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view.